Sunday, April the 5th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. We're coming to the end now of our Prayer Simple series. We've been thinking about how Paul talked of prayer and petitions. Prayer is our invitation into relationship with God and it's the quality of that relationship that makes sense to our petitions, the things that we're asking God for. And so we've been encouraging one another just over these last few weeks to build a rhythm that helps us to lean in to that relationship with God himself. And uh, as we thought about last week, morning prayer and a lunchtime pause, in a moment I'm going to talk about evening prayer. This unwelcome an unwanted time, maybe is also an opportunity. Could it be that God is using these days to grab our attention? As I was reflecting on that and thinking about what to share as we came to the end of this series, I was reminded of something that I wrote 10 years ago. I wrote it on my blog to all of us, reflecting on my own personal prayer life. And it was very much the same theme of building a rhythm of God grabbing our attention to do less but achieve more. Let me read to you what I wrote back then and just like with the layers of an onion we circle back round to the same truth but hopefully this time a decade on more deeper and richer. I've been sharing the season that I believe God has been calling me into. I believe it to be a season for Burlington too. The best way I can describe it is this, do less, achieve more. I found myself captivated by Jesus afresh. His work seemed so effortless, a quick touch here, a timely word there, the odd humorous story and a single word prayer seemed to comprise the average day. He had time for people, impromptu meals and never missed a social occasion. The result, people were healed saved and transformed and a global movement began that to this day remains unstoppable. Impressive to say the least. On the other hand, ministry, paid or unpaid, church work or Christian living, whatever we call the life God's called us to, is too often stressful and burdensome and takes its toll on the emotional well-being of ourselves and our families. And the result? Perilously few are finding Christ. Stories of transformation are infrequent and we feel isolated and marginalised in the world. We appear to be doing more. The average church is not short on activities and, by the way, achieving less. A few verses come to mind that illuminate the contrast between the life of Jesus and our own lives. In that blog, ten years ago, I quote a few of those verses. This is just one of them. Come to me, said Jesus, All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My own response to this 
is to find the Holy Spirit dragging me, kicking and screaming, to do less and to pray more. Like an untamed ox, I need my rhythm to be broken, that I might wear Christ's yoke. I need to learn from him. It's not comfortable. Doing less is not comfortable, and praying more is a real struggle. With the slightest distraction or a hint of discouragement, I can so easily scurry back to my old ways of overfilling my day with good deeds, essential tasks and urgent matters. To be honest, that work, for all its demands, is easier. Sometimes much easier. I'm discovering more than ever that prayer is not just to help the work. Prayer is the work. And by the grace of God, I've had little glimpses of the resulting effortless work of Jesus, the chance encounter that proved so fruitful, the timely word that was prophetic, and the ability to see things that the daily rush would have kept me blind to. As I say, ten years ago, I'm inviting myself and all of us again into a recommitment of a rhythm of prayer. Morning prayer, lunchtime pause, evening prayer. And as I promised last week, it's the evening prayer I want to share a few thoughts with you in these moments. One of the best rhythms for evening prayer, I think, is the prayer of examine, examination. It is literally what it says. It's you and the Holy Spirit examining your life or examining the day that you have just had. Scripture talks a lot about uh, that prayer of examine, the, the famous verse that we heard read some moments ago from the Psalms. David said, search me, O God, and know me, examine me, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There's a lovely verse in Proverbs that reminds us that the wise think carefully about their ways from Proverbs 14. We want to live as wise people, as those that allow God to examine our lives. It's, it's like a, a daily health check, a, a spiritual audit or in practice, a physical, emotional, mental, relational, social audit of our lives. It can last five minutes or an hour. If you do it once, it will be of benefit to you. If you do it regularly, Honestly, I think it can be transformational in our lives. Let's think about it like this. Remember when you get to the bottom of a mug of really nice hot chocolate? Especially if it hasn't been made quite well, there is crud left in the bottom, sediment left in the mug. If you poured clear water into that mug with the crud and the sediment that clear water would quickly become something quite different. Through each day, our lives gather up crud and sediment, an angry word, a wrong thought, a frustration, a failure, a disappointment, a sin. We build up crud in our lives through the day. It can be other things too, a joy maybe, that we've had no time to appreciate a gift that we fail to give thanks for, a kairos that has gone unnoticed. All of these things build up crud in our lives and we can ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. But if that sediment is still there, 
Fresh living water is not what we get. It mixes with the crud and we get something quite different. The prayer of examine gives us a daily opportunity to clear away the crud in our lives. I've heard a wonderful uh, way of journeying through the prayer of examine. You can read about it in all kinds of uh, different ways, different approaches. But this one I find uh, very easy and simple and easy to remember. If you go to the prayer course website and go to the tool shed, you'll find some of this material there. They put it like this, and I think it's rather lovely. It's a form of centering prayer, a foundational tool for spiritual formation. It's sometimes referred to as the examination of consciousness and was popularised by Ignatius of Loyola. It's helped millions of Christians centre themselves on Jesus as they come to the end of long and complicated days. This practical way of reviewing the day before you go to sleep affords us the opportunity to become aware of the way God's presence has been pursuing us while we've been awake. It also encourages us to pay attention to the promptings of God that we may have missed and the times we were less than Christ-like. This grants us an opportunity to receive again the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. The examine has been practised in different ways down through the years, but essentially involves a mix of gratitude, careful review, godly sorrow, forgiveness and renewing grace. There are four simple steps. Number one, replay. Think over your day like a movie, replaying it in your head. Notice what you are noticing. What made you happy, anxious or angry? Step two, rejoice. Thank God for those things which are obvious and tune into those less obvious things that you would easily pass by without making a note and giving thanks. Random acts of kindness, being healthy, a positive song or a meal. Relish and savour those moments with gratitude to God. Step three, repent. Say sorry to God for moments that come to your mind as you review the day in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Where you got involved in gossip, reacted with a tone that was aggressive, where you lacked compassion, ignored a need or not responded to a nudge. And receive God's forgiveness afresh. And finally, reboot. Make a decision in your heart to live for Jesus tomorrow and ask for grace to see his presence more clearly. So there it is, an evening rhythm. I realise that the days that we are in are hard and difficult. For some of us, getting to the end of the day is a daily struggle. Eating, rhythms of eating and drinking sometimes, tidying up, it can all seem too much, overwhelming. And here I am asking you to add another rhythm into your daily life. I appreciate that it feels maybe to many of us like a huge challenge. But these rhythms are life-giving. And what I'm asking, encouraging, inviting, is, is not for us to go from naught to, to 60, any more than we can go from couch to 5k in a moment. I'm asking us to take small 
steps. Maybe to make one small step towards your morning prayer. Or maybe just set your alarm for 12 o'clock midday and pray the Lord's Prayer. Or maybe have a go at the evening prayer rhythm just for a couple of minutes and then repeat it the next day. The couch to 5k begins with one small step. So do these rhythms. But could it be that this unwelcome interruption in our lives could be used by God to help us establish life-giving rhythms that will sustain us way beyond this current lockdown and this season of anxiety and turmoil. I believe that it could. Small steps into all that God has for us. We're going to pause right now to pray, to recenter ourselves, to think of our nation and the world. And Alan's going to lead us. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Break me. Interrupt me. Disturb me. Gain my full attention. Melt me. Unfreeze me. Disarm me. Soften me. Mould me, shape me, fashion me, form me. Fill me, suffuse me, permeate me, saturate me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Father, you've prepared your church for such a time as this. Help us to be faithful, faith-filled and at rest. Where we can act, help us to act well. And where we can do nothing, help us to take our stand, to pray in the Spirit, to stay alert and to keep on praying. As we stand, may we see the compassion, the goodness, the power and the glory of our God in our homes and families, our streets and neighbours, our town and our nation and the nations of the world. We repent for the carnality, the superficiality, the materialism, the self-gratification, the disobedience, the arrogance which has been exposed in our culture and in each one of us through this crisis. And we pray for the nations of the world. Regarding the virus, we pray for those nations whose numbers are peaking, for those where the curve is still rising. And we pray for those who are bracing themselves and preparing themselves for an increase in numbers. We bless you again for our government, our health authorities, our strategists, our decision makers, our emergency services, our local authorities, our food and medicine suppliers, and for all others providing essential services. We thank you for those media channels that we so often despair over, and yet who have stepped up to provide a constructive and informative public service at this time. We thank you for the resilience of the nation we live in and confess how much we take this for granted. I pray this morning for the vast majority of nations around the world which have nothing like this infrastructure to lean back on currently. I pray for my friends in Christian leadership in Eswatini, in Zambia, in Rwanda, in Uganda, 
We pray for Kenya and for Happy Home, where the new school has had to close and all the children sent back to their guardians, many of whom are elderly and vulnerable grandparents. We praise you for the new well and we pray against the agricultural challenges anticipated due to restricted labour. We pray for the families of those in our church presently living in other lands, Enriquez in Peru, Lamas in Lithuania, Nicholas Tanyas in Latvia, Bellas in Azerbaijan and Czechia, Annie's in Hungary, Pavel's in Russia, Debbie in Australia, Ken and Rita's in Hong Kong, Gilbert and Baba's in Ghana, Sherry's in the US, and all others known to us. And I pray for my second home, the former Soviet Union, that vast and forgotten middle-income world where the poorest are without meaningful social security and yet receive no international aid. I pray specifically for Azerbaijan, for Belarus and for Kyrgyzstan, from where we have brought key leaders to Burlington over the years and from where we receive daily reminders of the increasingly desperate needs of the marginalised and the powerless. I pray for their governments and authorities, that whatever their approach has been up till now, that they will now in your mercy be given great wisdom and will embrace what the Lord requires of us all, to do justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever. Do you agree? Amen.